Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the Gospel of John, chapter 17 which, as you remember from previous episodes, is often referred to as Jesus's high priestly prayer. He had not entered into that role of the high priest yet because he had not died. Okay? You see more of that over in Hebrews. But uh, he is praying on behalf of particularly his disciples. And at the beginning we of this prayer in chapter 17 of John, we see where Jesus is uh, uh, reflecting the glory of God. He's calling for God to be glorified, the Father. He's calling for himself to be glorified through the Father. And then he prays the bulk of the prayers for his disciples. Uh, his immediate disciples, the ones that are right there with him, the 11. But then in verse 20, we see that those who believe because of their word, that's the way he puts it, okay? Those who will believe in me through their word, he says, I pray for them also. He said, I don't ask these things only for these 11, but for them also. So that's us. Okay, that says. So uh, down at verse 22, we looked at verse 22 and 23 last time, but I want to reiterate this. This is so, so important. In verse 22, we see that we have, as true believers, literally the very glory of the Lord. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. And so this is Jesus speaking, and this is Jesus speaking to the Father. So he says, you know, the glory, Father, that you gave me, I have given to them. And the purpose of that is that they can be one <clears throat> with one another, but not only one with one another, but one with us. One in the same way that we are one, that we as the body can be one in the same way that Father, Son, and Spirit are one. I guess think about that. Father, Son, and Spirit each has, and all these terms I'm about to use collapse if you examine them too closely, but you'll get the idea. Each has a role. Each has a function. <clears throat> each uh, is part of the one but does something, okay? It's, it's hard to <clears throat> go beyond that in describing the triune nature of the Godhead. But the Lord is saying that the body is the same way. And that's the reason that we have different gifts of the Spirit, that we have different preferences, that we have different things. But in the midst of it all, we are still one. And then Jesus uh, describes it even more in verse 23. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, are perfected in unity, are completed in one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. That's twice that he'd said that about sending. He said it in verse 21, it says it here, that the purpose of this oneness, the purpose of this unity, the purpose of your glory coming through me to them, the purpose of our dwelling and abiding within them is that the world will know, that the world will know that Jesus was sent by the Father. And then he adds something else to it in verse 23, and that the world will know that we love them even as you loved me. Okay. We are loved by God in the same way that the Father loved the Son. Now, verse 24. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory 
that you've given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. So Jesus is saying, Father, I'm, I want them to be with me. It's not going to happen immediately, but it will happen in the future, okay? that they will be with me and will see my glory. Why? Because the Father has loved the Son before the foundation of the world. You know, we've seen that phrase. You see it all through Scripture, okay? <clears throat> but you've seen it a couple of times already. And the idea behind that, for anything was spoken into existence, this existed. God existed. The love of God for the Son existed. This is actually evidence that Jesus was not created, that he was not created, that Jesus is God, Father, Son, Spirit. Okay? Verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. So he's saying that again. Now, the Father knows this. Father knows all this. Jesus isn't uh, uh, praying this and saying this to God to inform him of anything. <clears throat> he is acknowledging these truths. He's giving thanks to God for these truths. He's praying this in the midst of his disciples, and they're hearing it. <clears throat> and so he says, these know that you have sent me. These 11 right here know that you have sent me, but also the ones who will believe because of the testimony of these 11, which is us, will know that Father sent Jesus. The world will not know that, but those that the Father has chosen, those that the Father has given to the Son will know. Now, verse 26, the last verse of John 17, this great prayer, Jesus says this, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. What a great way to close this prayer out. You know, this prayer is actually, uh, one commentator called it the great prayer of overcoming, of the overcomers. And you know, that's absolutely true because Jesus is... Uh, uh, defining what he came for and what he's about to do and why he's doing. But he tells the Father, he says, I've made known to them your name. And again, that phrase, your name, see it all through Scripture, see it all through John. I don't even know how many times. But the name, the name defines and gives insight to the very character and nature of something or someone. Okay. God will not be limited by any particular name. Uh, again, that's the reason that when Moses asked him, well, who do I say is sending me to the people? God said, tell them, I am sent you. I am. He didn't say, tell them that the, the great redeemer sent you or the great deliverer sent you or the great provider sent you. All these things are what God does and who he is. And we see elements of that all through Scripture, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, with names like that. But God wasn't going to be defined or limited by one name. And so you see it described to the Scripture as the name. Okay? I've made known to them your name. I've manifested everything about who you are and your power and your might. And then he says this, I will continue to make it known. Well, how is he going to continue to make it known when he's about to die? Well, perhaps he's talking about just the next few hours that he's going to be faithful in doing what he's about to do because he knows he's 
going down the path to be killed later that day. And he knows that. So there's definitely an element of that. I'm going to continue to do this. Yeah, I'm going to be faithful to the end. But then I think there's also the element right there of knowing that the Lord continues to make known the name of the Father to us who are believers because he dwells within us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we saw earlier in chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit gives us insight. Okay, The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit reminds us the Holy of Jesus' teaching. The Holy Spirit uh, teaches uh uh, guides us. And he's saying, I'm going to continue to do this through our abiding within them. To what purpose? That the love with which you have loved me may be in them. Again, the love of the Father that he gave to the Son dwells in each and every true believer. And then the last phrase, love, I'll read the whole thing, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. And I in them. I in them. Uh, amazing passage, amazing prayer, amazing insights into who we are as believers and the love of the abiding Godhead that exists within us. If we were to live with this understanding and this might and power, it would absolutely transform the world. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me, and I'll see you again later.